Welcome to the inaugural podcast, the podcast with Justin and Big Dom. Big Dom. We are currently headed to a festival in Savannah, Georgia, which Savannah is an amazing place, one of my most favorite places in the world, not just because we come into town and take everyone's loot and leave, but it's actually a really cool place if you get a chance to get out there. Basically, what is the podcast about? It's about pots. It's about weed, as we call it. It's about the lifestyle of two men traveling through the universe, doing whatever the hell they want. You know, that would be me and Dom. And we're just going to bring you our chats two times a week. We're just going to talk about everything. And this first one's going to be great because we're on a road trip. So you're a fly on the wall just to us this morning. So, Dom, we wake up this morning at the fucking Holiday Inn. Dom goes downstairs first. Now, mind you, we have a car full to the brim of weed. Okay? Probably, I'd say how many pounds? 50? If you gather it all together. 50 pounds of weed, folks, in the goddamn car. Legal. We have the paperwork, obviously. But I come down the steps, well, elevator, and the doors open. And there's about 62 cops. Well, actually, how many cops are Five cops, full regalia, fully dressed, guns in the holsters, in the lobby of a hotel, which I've never seen except for one time when I was in the rock band, and we had some naked girls that were running around, and they showed up to subdue the bullshit. And at that very second, I thought Big Dom, and potentially, obviously, myself, are going to jail. You want to relive the moment with Dom with you? Saw when you went down there? I was just casually getting a few pieces of French toast and what I imagined to be apple with smoked bacon, making the French toast sandwich. You know, of course, I couldn't help but notice them there. But I just kept going on with the French toast and the so called apple with smoked bacon. Made a little sandwich and listened in on them, and they actually had some pretty funny stories to tell. Were they, were they there when you? got in there, or did they show up? Oh, they were there. During the, the sandwich? I you showed were... up on them. Wow. Wow. And they and accepted I... me quite well. Really? Did you tell them? Did you say, officers, me and my compadre, who's wearing the MTV shirt and the backwards weed hat, we are outside, and we have a whole car full of paraphernalia and weed? I thought that's the first thing I should tell them, but something in me didn't actually do. Yeah, yeah, probably good, although you could have brought them out to the car. What were they talking about? You said something about a hand job or something? Oh. A little dirty handy? He was telling a story about a massage, and the girl cop said, oh, did she get the happy ending? And he said, <coughs> oh, the only happy ending I got was my back finally felt better. Let's talk about girl cops. Now, here's my thing. I've noticed in different parts of the country, you get a little different female officer. Okay, Midwest, typically the butch, potentially lesbian. We love all the lesbians. But typically, maybe a little more manly. You go down to South Florida, these girls have their thong hanging up by the bulletproof vest. Voluptuous knockers. I mean, these girls are hot. Oh, they are. Do you think the hot cop can take you down 
as good as the big burly, strong suited, thick leg. The hot fit cop would take people down much bigger than the big blob out of shape cop any day. There was that one Puerto Rican cop we saw in Miami. I would have let her take me down any day. I would have gone down. It's kind of a thing. You know, I understand where the girls get the fantasy with the cop. You know, because when I see the female cop, my mind goes straight to jitter. Well, that's when you see any female. Which is pretty much. Above a 5.6 and up. If I got a few drinks in me, it could be a 4, 4.5. I hope we don't come across as screaming on our first podcast, but I gotta project because we're doing this from the car. We don't have any microphones. Next time I'm on the mic, the big, I want like the sports microphone. Like the, you know, call sign. WPLT. So, alright, so let's let the listeners in on how you and I met. So, we both probably see it a little bit different than the other person does, but... So, I came from a music background. That's what I did for a long time. Got a couple number one billboard hits. A little TV, entertainment, that's what I do. I sing and dance. But I'd been exposed to the marijuana business through my kid brother in Michigan. We had a dispensary there, medical. That was back in the Wild West, where pretty much if you had a med card and lived in the state of Michigan, could have your own collective. So basically you just went around and got a bunch of people cards and then you could carry as much weed as you had with the cards. Right? But the guy who had the gun couldn't have a card, but you could be called security. Right? I didn't have a card, I pretty much just drove the car, <clears throat> carried the pistol, and my brothers were just stoners. But that's that's where I got into the business and actually saw that weed was more than just a bunch of hippies, you know, scratching their balls and hanging around by a fire. Stuff was really good for, you know, veterans, people with PTSD, cancer patients, yeah, fuck, people that are just bored, whatever. But saw a different, a lot of different crew, a lot of old people, which surprised me, a lot of uh, executives, doctors. I mean, we were selling weed to everybody. It was like the fucking Wild West. So, I got out of the business for quite a while because I ran for Congress after my number one hit. And my daughters were living in an apartment next to Big Dom's shop, and she sent me in for a hemp. Uh, at that time, Delta 8 was the best you could get. Now we're dealing in a lot of other varieties, which we'll tell you all about. But... I'd never heard of the hemp industry, which is what me and Big Dom are in now. Biggest in the world. Biggest ever. Exude Exotics. Wheaties World Famous. Check out the websites. But So I wander in, and I see Big Dom. Thinking at the time, honestly, you were an idiot. You probably thought the same the minute you locked eyes on me. I thought, this is buffoonery. This stuff is garbage, spice. The same things people say to us every day that pisses off. And I think I rattled off something ignorant. Like, does this work? Tell me what it's about. Does that make sense? Or I don't recall that, that exact phrase, but I also don't recall any of the exact phrases. I recall the cologne you were wearing. It was like a smooth summer morning. Anyway, that's a joke. So, <clears throat> so you sold me a couple joints, which I smoked with my 
obviously, of age daughter. And I got ripped, which shocked me because I thought the stuff was garbage. And that's really where our little tango began, right back then. How many times does someone walk into your store? My store, it never happens. Maybe once a week. With the hemp product, see, it's hemp-derived THC, which people really don't know what the fuck that is yet. Uh, basically, to tell you in our first episode, so you're not emailing us or calling us, which you will, I'm sure at least fucking five times a week someone's going to call or email or text or send in some goddamn TikTok with what's this about, how does it work. The bottom line is this, hemp used to be called marijuana. Right? Used to be illegal. You go to fucking prison for it. But then, and forgive us, there's some asshole in a dually truck, you know, probably got a dong the size of a thimble and he's trying to prove something. But it used to be illegal. So then, federally in 2018, they made it illegal. Okay? Hemp. So all the pot growers, the big ones, like in California, Oregon, Colorado, they started growing the hemp with huge amounts of THC because it's federally legal, which means you can sell it anywhere. There's a few states that outlaw it. Basically, I'd agree because they're medical marijuana or marijuana states. So they don't want hemp to be legal because then they can't tax it like they do the weed, which is what they want money for. So anyway, that's how it works. So there's all sorts of different cannabinoids in the hemp. THCP, THCO, HHC. They all get you really ripped. And the cool thing about it is, each one of those cannabinoids, do I say it as a cannabinoid or cannabinoids? Is it either way? Can you go either way? Alright, so the cool thing is, they all do something a little different to you. Alright, like Delta 8, it makes you stoned, but you're real, you know, I think clear. I mean, I don't, how would you even describe that? Generally clear headed eye. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like, for me, it's like drinking four or five beers. You feel ripped, but your motor skills, everything, you're pretty consistent, okay? Then you got THCO, which is kind of, can be a little bit hallucinogenic. It's a much more, you know, uh, psychoactive stone, would you say? I so, yeah. And then you got HHC, which is the closest to actual marijuana, while yet not being marijuana. So, you know, and the big thing, folks, I'll tell you this, if you're new to the pot game, whether you're using cannabis, if you're in a legal state, or you're using hemp-derived THC, which is legal everywhere, except, I think, Idaho. There's a few states. Idaho. What the fuck is going on in Idaho? Have you been there? Was it Iowa? I think it could be both. Anything that starts with an I, they're fucking... It's the I. They're all over. Half of Indiana, too. Indiana? Half of Indiana? Half the state, no? We'll have the products. Oh, yeah, you can't have the smokies. Yeah, it's all the I states. Triple I. Is there another I? There's Indiana, Iowa. Oh, Illinois. Illinois, well, Illinois, that's where I grew up. A bunch of uh, nice, well, I can't say losers, because we could have 5,000 people watching. Here's the thing, guys. I grew up in Illinois. I just don't know how you do it. How you wake up every fucking day and just look at that flat... Wasteland. It's like being in Saudi Arabia. You're, I mean, you're from Indiana. I'd rather be in Saudi Arabia. I've been to Saudi Arabia. You would not want to be there. Saudi Arabia is nice. 
maybe Riyadh, but crap, I mean, there's nothing fucking there. Sounds like Illinois. Pretty much. And I only was down in that voice. So you have the Red Sea, some Egypt, Saudi Arabia. So I went on a boat cruise, and we did like a little dock. That's about it. And we really didn't, didn't really let us off the boat. I used to sell to the Saudis big time and immigration's customers. They said their king buys for them because the king gives them the money and they can buy what they want. Are you talking about the weed? Okay. They didn't tell the king that. I had a friend, not to one up you, but I this is God's hand. I had a friend, he was going to school at the University of Missouri when I lived in Branson. That's a whole other story, but we got nothing but time, motherfuckers, and apparently you do too because you're listening to us. They, uh, he was a prince. Now, he told me there's a lot of princes. You would think there's one or two. I guess over there, half the goddamn country is a prince. And they get big loot from the, from the oil. Over there. The whole The oil. Imagine that. What would you do, Big Dom, if you woke up tomorrow and were the Sultan of Brunei? I think it's Brunei. Brunei? Doesn't matter. And you're just getting oil money just for the air. Well, I definitely got some exotic cats to start, and then hire some trainers, so I could take them off leash walking anywhere I go. The cat would also double as a guard dog, but it'd be better than a guard dog as a cat. I don't think cats have the capacity or the patience to behave like a dog. I mean, is there a specific oh, yeah. breed of dog? I mean, cat. Oh yeah, any time you can any, any breed away from the common domestic, short hair, tabby cat, house cat, gets pretty intelligent. Well, so my daughter's cats, now she had them since they were kittens, like baby kittens, they follow her everywhere. Oh yeah. And she can say to the cats, which I've never seen this before, she'll be like, hey Frankie, hey Doobie, let's go to bed, and they'll just hop off the couch and go. But they've been hanging out with the dogs since they were babies. Albert, cats I, are actually smarter than dogs. I think that the cats emulate the dog because they've been around the dog. So I think the cats think that they're dogs. But I think that's possible. And I don't think cats are smarter than dogs, but pigs are smarter than cats and Bengal cats are definitely smarter than dogs. The Bengals? I knew someone had Senegals once. What are they called? They're like the great Savannah cats. Savannah cats. They were big though. They, they they would sit, you know, they were when they would sit up they're probably three foot off the ground. Their size big. They looked like uh, cheetahs. They had yellow and black spots. Oh yeah. That's what they were called. Savannah cats. Savannah's like a bangle but bigger and wild. I would just say a cat would probably be more deadly than a dog. Cats are more ruthless. Is that why you like them? So you're more of a cat. Would you say you're a cat guy or a dog guy? Do you like a dog in the house? What's clean? Gotta have both. Cats definitely cleaner. You can leave them alone longer. But once you start getting into the big, exotic, beautiful cats, they do take a little more work than your average cat. You gotta walk and stuff. Give them raw meat. Walking the cat. My ex-girlfriend walked the cat. She had the cat leash. When you walk in downtown, say downtown St. Pete, and you got a big, beautiful cat walking beside you two, three feet off the concrete, nothing feels better. 
Have you physically done that before? I've done it with the Bengals. I can tell you. How big are Bengals? About the size of a regular kid. They look just like a Jaguar or a leopard kid. And you took it downtown? Oh, yeah. Was it a pussy magnet like a puppy? Oh, yeah, that Really? It's a cat, and no one ever sees it anymore. If you were violently making love to a woman, would you do it in a bed where cats are, like, surrounding you? I don't mind a dog in a bed to sleep. They like to watch. But I don't know if I would want the cat. Have you ever been banging out your girl and the dog is there and he's just staring at you? I always see the dogs out. I don't like the dogs looking at me. I mean, they're looking. I don't know how vulgar I can be. I'm also coming to ease into it. I feel like our first episode, I can't be as vulgar as I could be, let's say, when we have five million people listening. You know, they give you leeway. You ever notice that? Think about that. When you first start something, no leeway, right? You say one wrong thing, you're fucking done. Then, as you go down the road, if you have 20 million people listening to you every day, Howard Stern, whomever, you can literally say whatever you want. But free speech should cover everybody, especially on a streaming service where, you know, it's not public radio. Right. You know, there's not nursery school kids listening to the podcast. Although you could have, you know, five, six-year-old kid wants to get in the game that wants to sling the weed. I wouldn't blame him. It's big money, folks. I'm telling you this right now. For you listening out there, if you're working a nine to five job, making 25, 30, 40 grand a year, slaving away like a donkey, being yelled at, you're gonna go to work today and you're slob, loser boss. I can imagine. What's a slob, loser boss look like? Cheap suit, not even cheap suit, cheap dress shirt, cheap tie, $30 Walmart Oxfords. Maybe, you know, his idea of fine fragrances. Maybe he doesn't do Old Spice body spray the day. Maybe he upgrades to Nautica Voyage. Ooh. Maybe that's his big splurge moment. Fragrance. The hair probably just slopped over. Stubble. You know. That coffee breath. Yeah. Doesn't you know. scrape the tongue. Doesn't care. And, and asserts himself as if he is some sort of god. Probably sexually harasses the young girls. Probably talks pussy to the guys who they know he never gets laid. I had a boss like that. The guy, he looked like a sack of nuts. Literally. I mean, he looked like a Jabberwocky. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. But for some reason, every time my shift started, he would come to my booth. I used to work on like a sales job as a kid. And he would come and talk poon with me. Although, I never really talked, because I didn't want him to be there. He was god-awful ugly. I wish I could say his name on air, then it would be slander. So we can't name names. Unfortunately, he knows who he is, and he's listening. He's a loser. But he would just tell me about all the poon he was getting, like he was some god. You know? But he did the preppy thing. He had the boat shoes. Oh, yeah, the Sperry. The Sperrys. Nothing wrong with that. I've worn them. It's but good if you're in a fraternity house. He was doing it as a 30-year-old male. You know, he would do the shirt, then with the, the sweater, with the, oh, yeah. the knots. And I'm not talking in the 90s when that was acceptable. I'm talking 2005 
maybe six, seven, somewhere in there. Long, curly hair. He looked like Napoleon Dynamite. So my point is, if you are going to work with some spaz loser who's either grabbing your ass if you're a girl or just being vulgar, you need to get in the weed game. And I would say the hemp game because hemp is a much easier game to get into. You don't need $250,000 to start your dispensary. Like for instance in Florida, yeah, there's some money involved. You know, but as you listen to us, we're going to teach everyone how to break free and make a little loot on the side. You could easily make an extra thousand, fifteen hundred a week, really, from doing that. You know, and we can help you get started with our products. We wholesale. So as we get going here, you check out the websites. What's yours again? Exotics.com. Or you check out mine, WheatiesWorldFamous.com. We're going to have some wholesale options on there for you. Where you can get started in a very small way. You know, everyone's smoking weed, especially the elderly. Would you say you see more elderly folks that are smoking? I mean, I know at our events we see mostly all old people. They love the gummies. They love the, the old. The tincture. They even like the bud. What got, now, what got you, let's rewind, let's go Dom 2.0. You're coming out of Indiana, somewhat of a delinquent, long hair, hippie, whatever the fuck you want to call it, but that man, I don't know what the name was, that drifter. What gets you from that guy to successful, debonair, rock star, weed guy? Well, what happened? Eventually, you just gotta get you gotta get tired of not being number one and being on the top. You got you gotta get sick of being a bum and a loser. You gotta get real with yourself and admit, okay, I've been living a life of misery and failure. There's only one way to change it: is to buckle down and work hard, sell a product or service that people are crying out for. Sex, booze, or rock and roll. I mean, I wouldn't say drugs, because weed's not a drug, but people just want to be stoned. By the way, we're crossing the Florida Georgia line. That's always fun. People want to feel better. How beautiful this is. No, but my question is, yeah, people want to, no, but I'm asking you a personal question. Like, how the hell did you get, like, I told a little background, I mean, like, oh, I came in, I did a little song, I did a little dance. How did you get from, you know, being a struggling person, other than telling yourself you suck? You're a loser, so oh, unless you get off your ass. That's, that really is where it starts. Well, your actual personal story, like you were in the weed game, like what in California you used to cut. You were a trimmer, right? Or what the fuck? Well, you I've, been, at a bar? I've been, you know, selling and doing stuff since I was basically an early teenager. Eventually, you want to do it in a legitimate fashion. Right, so, you don't want to go to jail. Yeah. It's never a fun time. So, after a few years of hard work and saving up, you know, started the shop. But you were in the in the Green Triangle, where my brother was. You were in oh, Northern yeah. California. Oh, Do yeah. you find, like, a bunch of idiots spot there, or is it oh, yeah. just a bunch of young kids trying to do something? I mean, what, who, who's... Not just young, actually. 
probably all age groups. Who's going up? Everyone from heavy white kids to Mexican cartel to the cartel. Oh yeah, they're up there more than probably. They're up there. I'd say they're one of the big, big groups up there. Really? And the cops don't fuck. Well, ever since California legalized uh, marijuana and destroyed their whole state, they go up there now, but they never did before. Now the only people that can grow in California are the big corporations that pay millions of dollars. And the little guys got pushed out, which destroyed the whole state. Well, and that's why the hemp industry is so great, because the little guys, the small business owners, the single moms, the weekend warriors, they can still do it. They're making good money. And the states like Florida, Georgia, even Tennessee, very open to it. I mean, we don't even law enforcement is welcomes us with open arms. Yeah. That's why the booth says hello. They love us. We're like a bright, shining light on a hill, and down in the valley is the fentanyl demons. We're like a beacon of hope and light in a sea of darkness and despair. It's pretty much true. I know. Did you find that getting pussy, now it's never been hard for guys like us, let's be honest, but when you're up there and you're working in the weed industry, I know you work a lot, you probably don't sleep like you probably stink, but was there a good opportunity for pussy up there? It all depends on the situation you end up in, especially when you're trimming, you know, it could be anything from you're in a teepee out in the woods with electricity, or you could be in some nice huge house because there's like dozens people working. If you're in the huge house with dozens of people working, you know, you definitely have a pretty good chance of meeting the Now, do you sleep in the house? Or do you sleep out you there? You could. Every situation is different. So, okay, so you're working with these hot, beautiful, big-breasted women. Now, the question is this, are they like hippie chicks? Or are they sexy? Do they stink? I mean, are they choice butts? Or what I've seen about? it all. I've seen it all. I've seen girls straight from Israel and uh, from the Middle East, other parts of the Middle East. Really? I've seen... Were they shaven or not? That's the question. Under the arms, some the of, legs. Some of them definitely were doing that. Others probably weren't. But you see a lot Full of, bush. A lot of uh, Central and South Americaners, Americans coming up. They love to come make a few hundred bucks a day and stack it up for a few months and go back home. Go back to Mexico. Like now, the question is this. Uh, when did your love, like for me, it's always been Russians, Ukrainians. I have a Ukrainian daughter. She's great. Four daughters. That's all I make. I think. I mean, I'm sure there's a kid rolling around there that I don't know about, unfortunately. But when did your love for the Latin woman, was that, were there a lot of Latins and in, in, uh, Latina gals in Indiana growing up? No. What was your, was your first taste for Latina chicks in Colombia? Definitely towards the beginning, yeah, I'd say about mid-twenties. I mean, okay, I'm big Dom DeFore, six foot four, I'm the striking resemblance of Elvis Presley. What makes you get on a plane and go to Columbia? Like me, I went to Israel, I went to Europe, I went 
Thailand, Hong Kong, you know, I did all those places, Costa Rica, whatever. You're a 20-year-old kid, you say, fuck it, I'm going to Columbia. Were there cell phones back then, or were there, oh yeah. So you had the cell phones. It's only like five years ago. So what, why Columbia? Was it the cocaine? One of my friends said I would love it, and then I just started looking it up, you know, searching through Instagram hashtags, and one would have to be a fool to not want to go after looking at a few pictures. Do they have good weed down there? There's a lot of junk that the common folk smokes in the park, but when you get with the right people and you start finding the good outdoor stuff, it's just as good as Cali outdoor. Really? Did you did you ever smoke the elusive Acapulco Gold? The Acapulco Gold, straight from Acapulco, is one of the... It's almost like the Bigfoot of weed. Why do people talk about this Acapulco Gold? It's, I mean, of course we have it. It's worth its weight in gold. We have the Acapulco Gold. We found we found the only source. It was a an old scribe, a, you know, a wizard from Acapulco who was hoarding it all these years. The, the strain of all strain. And he also has Maui Waui. He's got the two, the original Hawaiian bread amongst the coffee plants with pissed on by the angels and fairies. But I've, I've never had so many people tell me that's the one strain of weed, mostly if they're over 40 or 50 years old, they'll come to the table and they'll go, have you ever heard of the Acapulco Gold? Which, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever, have you ever actually smoked Acapulco Gold? Like, real? Uh, I don't think so. I remember when I was a kid, it was the Northern Lights. So you get Mexican brick weed, which is total donkey shit, right? Take a full joint, pretty big headache, mildly stoned, a lot of work to get ripped. I mean, we're talking three, four bowls. By the time you were stoned, your lungs were going to fall out because you're just smoking, you know, consuming so much. But then this guy came to town, this old guy. He was like, well, to me, he was old. He was probably my age now. But to me, he was like a fucking, you know, dinosaur, and he had northern lights, and I remember the first time I smoked, like, real good bud, you know, I took one or two hits, and it was ripped, and I was sober. Yeah. You know, for you, when was your first, like, good, you Well, it was actually a similar situation. I was in the Midwest, and smoking junk, it was all brown seeds, and then this one friend I had, he had a hot mom, so it was probably about, she's like probably 28 at the time. Did you fuck her? I always wanted to. Uh, actually, one of the other friends ended up going on to right after high school. Really? Did he pregnant? Probably so, did. They're probably living in the trailer together. Looking, looking back or looking at pictures now, you know, there's no way I would ever even. So she wasn't that hot? You were just yeah, full hormones punk, and you saw some jobs. Yeah, when I was a punk kid, I had nothing else to compare it to. Would she, like, wear the short dress and show the puss? Like, on accident? I don't remember. Maybe. You know me, I go to fantasy real quick. It could be church. Like grunge, Nirvana style. Really? Thong hanging out of the... But she yeah. had a guy from California come out. She was talking about for a while, like, oh, he's coming out and he's going he's gonna to drive his truck back from... California, he puts the weed inside his steering wheel, which doesn't make sense because you can't really put much in there. Right, it makes no so sense. He was probably, you know, bringing more back and putting it somewhere else. So he finally got there one day, and I tried it, and it was just, you know, it was green, fragrant, musty, 
one or two puffs, slightly purple, one or two puffs ribs. being truly ripped, and I realized, okay, that's how good it can be. I want to be like that guy, but a million times better. So that's where the dream began. It showed me it was possible that some punk kid from Boone County, Indiana, can go out west and become, you know, a uh, kingpin of sorts, even though that guy really wasn't. But to you, he was. Yeah. To and him, the town, he probably was. He was, li- he was probably living in Motel 6, yeah. screwing prostitutes here and there, right. you know, fornicating his way through the United States with a, a duffel bag full of weed. dreadlock and a guitar. I mean, what happened to me is I was dating a couple girls from a town called Spring Valley. It was a little smaller town than the town I grew up in. And not the, the original weed, but then I started getting in with, like, the kids who could get the good weed from Chicago. They would, that's where they would always, it's from Chicago. If they said that, then, oh, it must be good. You know, it could have been dog shit wrapped, you know, in a, in a piece of toilet paper. But if it came from Chicago, we thought it was good. So there was this guy named Cowboy. That's what they called him, Cowboy, and he was, he was old, he was probably 60, 70, and he had a steamroller, and I'd never done a steamroller before, but I was banging this really cute blonde girl, who I ended up reconnecting with, I think, on Facebook, or her mom, or, I think it was her mom, I reconnected with her mom, never talked to her again, I don't know, it wasn't the love of my life or anything, but anyway, we went over to this guy's house, and we were going to eighth grade graduation for a friend of ours. So we were in high school with like a friend two years younger who's graduating eighth grade. So we hit this fucking steamroller, and I've never been that ripped in my life to where I was pretty much couch locked, incoherent, and now I'm in a fucking gymnasium. It's 150 goddamn degrees. You know how it used to be. Now the kids are spoiled. They have the AC and all the bullshit. When I was a kid. The, the gymnasium was like a fucking sweat lodge that the Indians had out on the goddamn reservation. And we're in there in the top. There was almost like a heat chasm. And I was so stoned, I thought everybody was looking at me pretty paranoid. Do you remember the first time you got that ripped or maybe a little paranoia set in? You thought people were watching you? Or paranoia definitely comes sometimes. I used to. But it wasn't too bad to get it. I feel like the hemp derived products, there's not nearly the paranoia. No. So I just wonder what is it about Delta 9? Even THCO, that gives me a little paranoia, but not like. Like, I wonder what it is about Delta 9 specifically that brings on that paranoia. Maybe I'm, it's psychedelic nature. Well, THCO it psychedelic. THCO psychedelic, so it's HHC. But you know what I found out also is I don't get the dry mouth, especially Delta 8. Yeah, that's true. I don't get the dry mouth. It's like THC optimized. It's really good. It's like it's like the premium petrol that you put in the tank. Right. You know, you get all the benefits and not as many of the bullshit things. Oh, yeah. You know. We're back the buck. So I'm working the booth one time. We do these big events. Dom goes to take a piss or get a beer or whatever the hell he's. And like four women come to the tent. And the one woman says to me, hey, I was reading this magazine. And she was deadly serious. She said, if I take the tincture and I put it on my pussy, is it going to make me wild? 
this is a hot upper middle class broad with the Louis Vuitton bag, nice shoes, put together well, nice jewelry, with a bunch of 35-year-old hot, like the like the housewives and whatever. Common degenerate. I mean, she was pretty hot, and she says, can I put it on my pussy? Now, I tried to be as professional as I could, but at that point, it's pretty apparent Nobody in their right mind is going to walk up to someone of the opposite sex and say, hey, can I rub this oil on my VJ? And will it make me horny because my husband doesn't know how to fuck me? Unless they're trying to get you to lift the dress. And I find that women get away with shit, guys. And women always go, oh, there's no equality. I get it. Whatever. That's fine. It's true. There is no. But if I walked up to a woman who was working at a booth, we and, never say it. and I said, hey, if I drop my pants and rub this oil all over my cock and balls, is it going to, I mean, there'd be a squad car there. Oh, yeah. I would be going to jail. Oh, yeah. For, I mean, I don't know what you would call it. It's very unequal. I want to be able to talk about rubbing oil on the dog or my foot. That's, <laughs> that's pretty fucked up, bro. Oh, yeah. Hopefully not around kids. That's 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 never good. Uh, you got to stay away from the church and the and the schoolyard. But I think around, uh, I mean, I'm, adult, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're insinuating that. Adult women. I'm just saying there's a fucking game for you. You know, can those guys pull you over? Do you think? Could you imagine getting a speeding ticket from a game board? You know, he could see the big cooler and think we got fish in here. Wild game. Oh, he can, you know what, fuck him. We had some old ministers, we're working at an event in Nashville, Franklin, Tennessee, and we're, you know, and I love the Lord and go to church and the whole nine yards, but they placed this next to a church. Now, a lot of these places in the Middle South, they like to do that, I think just to piss us off, so they'll put us right next to the sheriff, and they put us right next to Billy Bob's Christian Emporium. Because I think they're trying to make us uncomfortable, and it makes our customers uncomfortable too. Because they're trying to get stoned, and you got you know Big Buck from the sheriff's department looking at him and squinting his eyes. So we got this pastor, and this guy's acting fool. He had how many people? Ten. It's about seven or eight. So these people are plotting. Here, I'll let you tell the story. Go ahead. Take it. Well, just trying to vent at this county fair. Seven, eight of these comrades are passing out Bibles, and they slowly start encroaching over in front of our table. They made a fucking bowl. Yeah. Like a well, explain. There was a there's a barricade of sorts. Yeah. Of well, bodies. bodies, right? And they successfully, you know, kept people away for a while, giving them tracks, giving making people horribly uncomfortable. Which I understand if you want to tell people about the Lord. That's fine and good. There's a time and place for it. When people are at the county fair getting drunk and riding the Ferris wheel, probably not. The best up. So. Ruby might talk to us sometimes. I wonder if they can hear us at this point because we're going over the new, this is new asphalt. And I'm going to move the camera just a little bit closer. This is new asphalt, so it's, you know, trying to stay off the speaker here. 
new asphalt, so it's very loud. Hopefully you can hear us. Okay, so anyway, let's go on. They made a human barricade. Human barricades. Well, eventually we just had to move outside. Right, they ran us out. Which is pretty good. We got to a good groove. Started selling a bunch. In the night, really strong, really content. Go back the next day, start out incredibly. Kicking ass. Hour into it, the Great Tennessee Hurricane of 2022 comes through, and it just blows away everything. I mean, explain how bad it was. This this was not a goddamn rainstorm. This was, and we're from Florida, so I we're used it to, to about like Irma, probably about Irma. Stuff was, blowing everywhere. 95 mile an hour. 95, waves. at least 90. Tents are blowing away. Our tent blew away. I'm, I'm fighting it. He ran inside. I don't blame him. He told me. He said, come in. I was out there like Forrest Gump on the mast of the fucking boat. Or what was his name? Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, it's like a uh, perfect storm. So I'm holding on for dear life. And this fucking thing blows away. Half our product gets soaked. I come inside just dripping wet. And what does the creature say? You've always been out there in the wild. Something like that. Yeah, he's like, how, how you like it out there in the wild? And then the next day was a real slow day, and the son of a bitch said it again to me. This little chump. You went out there to the wild. <laughs> well, you know what? We ended up making more money than you save souls, I can tell you that. But listen, guys, here's the thing. We've been with you now for almost an hour. We do this an hour at a time. We're, we're winding down. we got about 19 minutes left. But honestly, we're going to be coming to you twice a week and sharing with you not only great ideas for the pop lifestyle, stories, interviews. We're going to be getting stoned with some celebrities, sports figures, obviously retired because they don't let them smoke weed. Uh, they call it a performance-enhancing drug, which I can't imagine how being ripped doesn't enhance performance much. Maybe creative or sexual performance sometimes, but I wouldn't say much more than that. Well, you know, a little bit for the gym. I've, I've been known to enjoy. Who knows if it's helping or not? Seems like it is. When you wear the real dark sunglasses, you look like Jim Jones, the guy that killed everyone in Guyana. I've heard that. <laughs> you remember him? Yeah. <laughs> he got him to drink the Kool-Aid. That's actually a fucked up. I saw the documentary. That's I don't want to go to a dark place. That's a, oh, he was a horrible person. Anyway, just a joke. But no, and people say it, it makes you horny. It's never been, weed has never made me horny. If anything, I would be too, st- there's been so many times I was stoned that I lost ways. Either I was paranoid thinking about STDs, or I was too high thinking about, you know, their spirits trying to get into me or something, and I just couldn't perform. I got the opposite of an erection. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, for me, it wasn't really a spiritual, you know, it just was, I just was out of it. Now, females, for some reason, they get horned up. They get horned up when they do the weed. A lot of them do. You know, they just want to be... Grab the manhandle, as you call it. But yeah, there's all sorts of things we're going to teach you products. You hit the websites. Again, what's yours again, Big Dog? Exude Exotics, E X O U D Exotics.com. And mine is the one and only Wheaties World Famous. 
Facebook.com. We're traveling coast to coast, getting people stoned, showing people ways to handle their pain, anxiety. Uh, obviously, I can't say it's from the weed because the FDA won't let me do that. But I can say from my personal experience, it does help me sleep, personally. Oh, we sleep well. You know, tell them about those pillows. Uh, well, Marriott beds Well, yeah, we've come to find the greatest pillows in the market are definitely those from the Marriott family of uh, brands, including, you know, Regency Hyatt, the Marriott, the JW Curated Collection. Actually, Hyatt, oh yeah, Hyatt is Marriott. Regency Hyatt, I believe, is, is one of their upper tier. The Hyatt. I believe so. Or no, no, it is. It is because my kids. What's the one with the dream bed? My, so, so I have something to tell you. I say that this is a secret. So my daughter, the one who's pregnant, Alora, her boyfriend is now a manager for the Marriott, and we get the family rate. Like not yet. I think there's a certain probationary period, yeah. and he probably can't do it all the time. Sixty bucks a night. Well, that's a steal. Yeah, it doesn't include JW. Does not. Wow, come on, they're not gonna let you stay at GW. We're staying at the Gerard Walter as soon as we get to Savannah. Well, guys, here's the thing I say stay comfortable, stay stoned. We're gonna be back next time. We won't be in the car. I think we're gonna come to and from an event. You know, maybe we're, I tell you what, we're gonna come to you from Savannah next episode. We're going to interview our buddy there, the guy who puts on the festival. He's a great, great man. He's a DJ. He gets all the people singing and shaking. If you get a chance, you should go to Savannah. They do the ghost tours. It's the big, we love it because it's the big, they have all the bachelorettes come to town. Exactly. All you hear all night is woo! The woo girls. Yeah, they like to woo. I don't know what it is about 22-year-old to 28, 30-year-old white women, when they get into a group, they all like to do that. The contest seems to be the loudest. And then you have the, the, the guys, the younger dudes, and they're all, you know, they don't do the woo, they kind of more grunt or just scratch their balls and attack women, you know. I mean, I've been known to do I mean, not attack them, like literally. You gotta watch what you say. You have to watch what you say now. Because to me, it's dry humor. But then there's gonna be that one Karen that listens to the program and goes, oh, he's he's telling people to attack women. I mean, I mean, I have four daughters. I don't want anyone to attack a woman. I'm just saying, they're a little sexually aggressive, these guys. You know, they're out there hooting and hollering. No dignity, no respect, and quite frankly, they're not skilled or trained at all. No, the young kids nowadays, they're out there, they're like the blind leading the blind. Then you put in a couple veterans like us. You know what I mean? It's like putting Tom Brady into the game. We show up, press, ready to go. He does the, you know, hair slicked back, which I have beautiful hair. You'll see it as the show goes on. But he does the, the, the nice shoes, and then I do the punk rock boy, you know, middle-aged guy, suiting well, dressing down. And we just go into the place and clear it out. These young boys are just left pretty much alone and going back to their mom's house. You know? How many of your friends still live with their mom? Well, I don't really have any friends, so I would 
to say. But if I did, I'm sure they all would. Well, he's got me. I'm his only. I'm his only friend. He he doesn't want to say it, but we're business partners, and we spend probably. I've never spent this much time with somebody in my life, even my girlfriend. I don't spend. You know, she gets jealous. She gets upset. She wants to be you. I don't blame her. And she gets mad that me and you stay at all the nice places. You put her in the. I don't. I don't put her in a dump. Well, actually, in the beginning, I was putting her in the dump because she works for us to but cut corners because I didn't want to piss you off because you're paying half the bill. But now I've been putting him in at least the two star, two and a Choose half. Choose lows and goes. There is no one star hotel. <laughs> two star hotel. I've been putting her. Listen. That's the motor in. I put America's the, best value. The road, roadway. The roadway in. That's two star, which is actually one star. Okay, well, I, 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 they stayed in a Holiday Inn last time. They stayed in the Hilton. That is pretty extravagant. Okay, I am coming to terms with being a better person. So anyway, you got any final words for the crowd on our inaugural? I think the only thing left to say, you guys need to get high. Right, right now! now!